Good afternoon. I want to say a welcome to all of you. Thank you for coming today and being here with us. Um, this is our uh, wrap up the end of the year men's lunch. And we've saved a really good one for you here with the meatloaf and then with Richard as our speaker. And uh, so uh, I don't know if Connie's, yeah, you're back there. Thank you so much. for another year of, I think you've served us meatloaf maybe four or five times this year, which I begged you to do, so, and you see what happens. <laughs> um, and Florence, thank you for keeping the sound system working for us, and um, I don't see Ben here, but I do see GW, so for getting everything set up for us, thank you. Um, I'm going to ask Charles Waring to come up and introduce Richard Grimble, our speaker today. Thank you very much, Hank. Boy, what a great crowd. Fantastic. Give yourselves applause. Well done. Well done. Great turnout. Um, much appreciated. Well, I am not going to tell war stories on Richard. I might have a few. Oh, I have a few. More than a few. But um, I, I would rather tell you about somebody um, who's been very special in my life and the life of my family and the life of my friends. Um, and it's just, it's been awesome to know Richard. And frankly, there hasn't been a day when I didn't know Richard um, because our parents were spending a lot of time together and when Richard was young, he was going to the playground and lived near the playground, and I was going to the playground, and we cross-pollinated a lot, put it that way. Um, but he moved to Columbia. His dad uh, was in the banking world, and Richard went up to Columbia, and we didn't see as much of each other until later in life. Um, but Richard left the Midlands to go study up at Christ School, as some of you may know. He's very devoted to that institution. And then Richard came on down to the College of Charleston where he met Paige Martin, his wife. Um, and then Richard did some teaching at Trident Academy and moved to Christ School to teach English, coach, serve as an administrator. Then he went to Suwannee in 99 where Richard completed his Master of Divinity degree and then moved to Asheville as an assistant to the rector of his sponsoring parish. Trinity Episcopal Church. Um, eventually, he ended up as the senior chaplain at Christ Church Episcopal School in Greenville, where he served in many capacities for about 10 years. And Richard, um, I know, will tell you more about his experiences there that suggested to him that he needed to change. And before long, he was driving an 18-wheeler, a uh, concrete mixer, and managing a concrete plant. Now the Grimbles have been in Charleston for about three years and they're residing on the Isle of Palms. He and Paige have two grown sons and a third high school. He plays the mandolin, if you didn't know that, and has a great affinity for the outdoors. He especially finds tremendous joy in taking friends and family on boating adventures. And as of this Monday, Richard spent his final day as chaplain of the Charleston Port and Seafair Society where he's been for a year with a mission field of thousands of souls visiting 
our port. But since this Tuesday, he's been serving as the interim assistant for pastoral care at St. Michael's while David Booman is on sabbatical. So please join me in welcoming my dear friend, Richard, to the podium. Break a leg. <laughs> um, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Um, I am a bit overwhelmed with uh, so many familiar faces faces that have known me since uh, I've been in diapers. So um, uh, anyway, if there's a crackle in my voice, it's uh, it's just a little uh, the nerves that'll work themselves out. <clears throat> but uh, last night I was having dinner with uh, our middle son Legree, and uh, we were eating a huge boat of sushi and uh, sharing some red wine and a, uh, and a mug of beer. And uh, it's amazing how children or your children will start to talk when they feel safe and the environment begins to relax. And uh, he said to me, um, do you believe all that stuff in the Bible? And I said, uh, yeah, I really do. And he said, why? And I said, well, because I've, um, I've seen it and I've lived it. Um, and I said, I'm old enough to know that what is in there is absolutely real word for word, and it takes place today. And, um, and so my prayer today for us is that you will find this to be a, a safe and relaxed environment, um, and that you will find uh, some comfort. Um, you might find some discomfort in some of the things that I share, but it is part of uh, my journey, my spiritual journey, my life journey uh, that's brought me to a place where... Uh, um, I can uh, finally say I see the light again and, uh, and have had some real healing, so um, it's a real blessing. Um, so um, I kind of uh, connect my life with literature, with um, songs, uh, and scripture. And so um, at this stage in my life, I'm most connected with the character in The, Wa um, the Wanderer. It's a medieval um, poem that uh, the author is unknown and very appropriate. And the wanderer has gone through three stages in his life. Um, the first stage is that he is, um, he's alone. Um, he's solitary because uh, the king of his mead hall and all the knights have all been killed in battle. And so he's just kind of lost and wandering around looking for a home. And then he goes into um, the troubled mind um, because he thinks about the past. He thinks about his happiness. He thinks about those good times with the, uh, the men in his community, um, and he is depressed. And then he reaches a point of being wise because he realizes that all the stability that he wants and the search that he's looking for is in Jesus Christ. Um, the second is a song by uh, Van Morrison and the Chieftains. It's called Irish Heartbeat. And, um, and the opening lines go, um, don't ever stray too far from your own ones. Um, because the world is so cold, it don't care nothing for your soul um, like your own ones. Um, and it's, you know, about surrounding yourself with people who um, know you and they love you and they hold you accountable um, and that you're comfortable being yourself. Um, because outside of that, you know, the world really doesn't uh, care too much about who you are and what you do, much less taking care of what's really important inside of you. Um, and, uh, and the third are um, scripture and um, in the Gospels. And um, uh, I've kind of the, uh, the point where um, I've got the clean house. You know, I've cleaned my house out and rid it of, of any demons and things that uh, have been a monkey on my back. And, uh, but sometimes forget to uh, invite the Holy Spirit um, to be um, at all the entrances and exits and with all the people that come and go. 
and um, and still casting like Peter on the left side of the boat when Jesus continually tells me to cast on the right side, um, and uh, and just forgetting sometimes that um, that that's okay because that's the third time that Jesus appears to Peter and and the disciples and. Um, He's got a coal fire cooked, and he's got fish already, and he's got bread for them. And it's just a reminder of no matter how many ups and downs that you have in your life, that, um, that Jesus is always going to be there, and he's always going to have a little fire for you. He's always going to feed you, um, and he's always going to be there. And um, so um, five years ago, um, I would probably have a different song, a different story, um, in literature or character that I associate with, and probably some different scripture verses. Five years ago, um, if you were to look at my resume, um, you would think that I had it all together um, and uh, that my life was awesome. I probably, in the corporate world, you would say I probably had one of the best jobs in the country um, as a senior chaplain in terms of just all the stuff that was going on and what I was able to do um, and provide a free education for my kids and just everything was incredible. Um, and uh, five years ago, um, you probably would not be able to predict that since that time, I'm going on my seventh job. <laughs> my seventh job. Um, going from being extremely stable and, uh, and not a lot of movement to all of a sudden just hitting a brick wall and not knowing what was going on in my life and uh, <clears throat> not knowing how to make sense of that. And so uh, there are kind of three major events in my life that uh, kind of um, just kind of reared their ugly head and, um, and uh, I thought I'd pack them away nice and neat and uh, in that house that I'd cleaned out and, you know, I wrapped them up nicely and put them in a box and just put them in the corner. They looked really nice, but all of a sudden, you know, they just find a way back outside of ourselves and begin to uh, wreak havoc if we don't deal with them and if we don't allow people to be around us that we can talk to and pray with and who pray for us and pray for our healing. Um, so the first is uh, when we moved to Columbia and... Uh, by all appearance, we lived in a really nice neighborhood. It was unbelievable. Um, but the stuff that was going on inside of that neighborhood was um, unhealthy, uh, where um, at a very young age, you know, drinking, smoking, um, uh, there were some really bad things going on in that neighborhood that, <clears throat> for me, impacted my life uh, significantly, that I still... Um, had harbored some real anger about things that I felt like that I had not been protected and I had no one to go to. And uh, um, you can use your imagination, but it was just a, uh, a really, the, uh, the cup looks good on the outside, but on the inside it's filthy. And um, it's, uh, it's one of the uh, unhealthiest things I've ever experienced in my life as a child. And so um, those things are indelible, things that happen in our childhood are indelible in, 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 our, in our life and they stick with us you know, and they're kind of like trenches in our mind and, uh, and in our heart and in our emotions in terms of how we respond, you know, and all of a sudden something can set you off because of what happened to you in childhood, um, and you got to deal with that. But I instead just kind of put it in a box, tucked it away, and um, fortunately, you know, in my life at that time, I had an uncle. Uh, my uncle Oliver was my best friend. And he really took care of me. I mean, Jesus put him in my life at a time that was uh, at the expense of 
you know, his own family and his own children, I mean, you know, that guy stepped up and took care of me like, um, and that's, you know, part of the reason I was able to uh, kind of rise above some of the stuff that happened to me. But that event, I kind of tucked away and, uh, and put that aside. And so then, um, things are going great, and then uh, uh, I get to Christ Church Episcopal School in Greenville, and um, the, uh, the death rate that I experienced in that community over a 10-year period was, uh, was extraordinary. I mean, in terms of the people who died, both professionally, students, teachers, um, parents, grandparents, um, and even in my own family, my dad, my sister, my uncle, um, and, uh, and so, you know, there's a, there's a significant loss there. Um, so if, uh, um, if you've grieved, that kind of means that you've just, uh, um, you've got to, it can't just be professionally, you know, it just can't be in a corporate setting or in a church setting where you go to the funeral and then don't deal with the stuff that's, that you're experiencing at the loss of somebody. And so, um, I had not, I had never grieved in my entire life. I'd never grieved all the losses that I experienced. The students who committed suicide or, or um, got killed in a car crash from drunk driving um, or died in their sleep or from cancer or just, you know, even my own personal life, um, just, you know, just burying people. And it's a, a, loss, of, uh, a loss of people that are important. And um, so I kind of put that in a little box and I tucked that away. My house was still clean, but I'm still fishing on the left side of the boat. And, um, and then the third was um, I kind of I lost my faith. Um, I was in the, uh, I'd been in the Episcopal Church my entire life and uh, serving school community, serving churches that uh, needed a rector. And so I was kind of their Sunday interim and I'm um, just going like 60. And yet I was in a church that didn't uh, feed me. Um, there was no, there was nothing there that was, uh, that gave me an anchor. I had no colleagues, um, you know. Uh, I was ordained in Western North Carolina, you can guess. Um, Upper South Carolina spent a lot of time, and so when you're a, um, considered a conservative um, in those settings, uh, they just kind of push you aside, and, uh, and you're just kind of a, a freak, you know? And so, and in a school setting, you, I'm, you know, you're a lone ranger with 1,200 students, and so it's a, uh, um, uh, so I lost faith in, um, in my community, um, lost faith in my church. And so on October 1st of uh, 2014, I uh, went into, called my bishop, went to my headmaster's office at 7 in the morning, and I turned my keys in. And uh, I left my job. And uh, I'd been up all night. And um, so in, in the corporate world, they would be like, you are crazy. I mean, great job, great benefits, great everything. Um, one of my seminary professors said, uh, I'm going to go where the pension fund is. And I remember thinking, I'm not going where the pension fund is if it doesn't go along where I am theologically and what I believe. And, um, and so I went into his office and I turned in my keys and stuff and, um, and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I am, uh, I'm done. Um, and uh, there was no roadmap for, for that. There was no, I had nobody to walk beside me other than my wife and some of my close friends who are here today. Um, and, uh, and that was four and a half years ago. Um, that was um, six jobs ago. Um, and uh, it's, um, uh, so I was really searching for where was, uh, where was God, 
when I felt like I needed them most and I felt like my church, you know, had left me and my school community had left me. And, uh, and so I just kind of dropped off the map and, you know, did some strange things because um, I'm a large motor skill guy. And so, uh, um, you know, an 18-wheeler and just different things that um, allowed me to get away from taking care of people and to think and to pray. And that's the only way I knew how to do it. Um, and, uh, um, and only when um, I moved, when we moved to Charleston, and I was still just kind of trying to feel this out and see where it was that, uh, you know, that I could really start a healing process of what I ex had experienced. Um, and those three boxes of, uh, that I had tucked and packed away had to be dealt with. And that's what kind of surfaced. Um, and uh, which is to say that if you got anything in your life that you haven't dealt with, it's going to come out at some point. It's going to it's going to rear its head in some place, um, and some places where you don't want it to be. And uh, and I surely didn't want to leave a school in the middle of a school year, um, which is embarrassing, and it's all this kind of stuff that goes along with it. But I knew that uh, that Jesus was leading me where I needed to be. I just didn't know what that looked like, and so. Uh, um, uh, getting down here, I uh, res resisted going back to St. Michael's. It was my home church. I was baptized there. My parents were married there. My dad's family had been there since the 1700s when they opened their doors. And uh, I just wasn't sure that I could find a home there. And, uh, and just we just ended up there two years ago, and, um, which is to say that um, the, uh, the things where that helped me the most was I found a community of faith that was biblically based, and they were real believers, um, not just colleagues, but also friends, you know, friends that are in this room right now who um, are real men of faith and, um, and are going to be there for you. And so um, I found a church that was biblically based that had a clergy that I could connect with and befriend, and also a group of men that I trust, because I've known them my entire life, who share the same struggles and the same dreams and, um, and the same day-to-day -day stuff that goes on in our lives as men with work and with family and with uh, our spouses and children and just, you know, the stuff that comes at us and the expectations of what it means to be a man in today's world. Um, and I think that's why the suicide rate is so high among men because of expectations that are placed on men. And, um, and it's hard to um, sometimes that can be more than, uh, than, than some people can really, uh, really carry. Um, and so um, I found uh, a place of worship. I found a community and a group of people that, uh, um, that have allowed me, and they prayed for me. They've uh, allowed me to heal and to be in a place where I can finally enter back into uh, parish ministry and use the experiences that I've had as a... Uh, um, just as a, as a man of God and as a disciple um, who's been at the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Um, so if you are um, looking for transformation in your life, if you're looking for, um, you know, that, that thing that you see that other people have in their relationship with Jesus and what that looks like, um, I have to kind of have a formula to what that looks like. I just can't hear someone say, you just, you just got to... Uh, just go to church and, you know, just listen, you know, and that doesn't work for me. I got to have a formula. And so um, I will say that um, if you're looking for that experience, you need to be in the word every day. 
Um, and the thing that changed my life spiritually was reading the Bible in a year. Um, my aunt gave me um, a Bible in a year, and I sat down and read it. And the minute I closed the book of Revelation, I told my wife, I said, I think I'm supposed to go to seminary. Um, and, uh, and that's not necessarily what's going to happen to you, but it will, it will change your life by being in the Word every day. You'll begin to make connections between what Jesus says and what's going on in your life and hopefully will influence the way that you parent and the way that you love your spouse and um, the way that you work and the way that you deal with people. Um, it is so significant. And then, and that's having a personal relationship and then having a group of people, um, a group of men who you trust who are men of faith, who aren't just going to be yes men and say that whatever you're doing is okay um, and are going to hold you accountable and are going to love you at the same time um, and are going to where you're meeting with these people regularly um, and, uh, you know, the things that um, and are going to allow you to unpack whatever box it is that you've got in that house um, that you haven't dealt with yet. Um, and then having a church community um, that, uh, uh, that, teaches and preaches the truth. Um, regardless of what you think about the people who are around you in the pew, you know, you're not there for them and they're not there for you. You're there to experience Jesus Christ, um, our risen Lord, who is there to, to transform you and transform your heart in the way that you look at your life, the good and the bad and the ugly, and, and transform you um, through those experiences. Um, so I encourage you, get in the Word every day, um, even if it's just a couple of minutes in the morning before you start your day, and find a group of men, if you don't have them already, um, who are not yes men, who are going to take care of you and, um, and help you change some of the patterns that you might have that you know are destructive in your life that are not good for you. And then having a church community that you're committed to. Um, I have a friend who said... Uh, he said, yeah, I've got a friend who's a not, he's not a believer, and he goes, why do you go to church? And he said, well, because that's what I do, and that's where I begin to figure all this stuff out, and, um, and, it, and it transforms me slowly, but it really transforms what's going on in my, uh, in my heart so that um, you can tell people, because they, they can look at you and go, I want what that guy has. I want what that guy has. And, uh, and what is it? And that's, I've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and, um, and I'm not going to beat you over the head with the Bible, but I'm going to tell you what it is that, um, what, that allows me to, uh, to be here and stand here today when, for, I think a lot of people, that would have probably buried them, um, th those different experiences. Um, and uh, instead, um, able just to stand because Jesus never left me. He put people in my life that took care of me. And um, through prayer and through scripture, even when I was just felt alone in the desert. And, uh, and now the fruits of that are just uh, beginning to blossom all around. It just takes time. And so uh, I really encourage you to, um, uh, to find those three things in your life. Actively pursue them. Um, otherwise, if you're looking for that change and, um, and it's just a, I'll go to church this Sunday or maybe in a couple of weeks, you know, you're, just, you're still going to be casting on the left side of the boat. You know, you're still going to be casting there. You've got a clean house, but nothing's going to change. Um, You've got you to participate in that relationship with, uh, with Jesus. He'll be right there, but he's not going to do it for you. Um, and you've you got to participate in that in order to, um, to begin to experience that transformation and the way that you uh, walk and talk and breathe and 
um, and live your life. So let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for uh, ushering in this, uh, this new day. And thank you for bringing us with you. Um, I thank you for the men who um, have taken the time to be here, um, for the food that has nourished their bodies. I pray, that, Lord, that your words that you've given to me have nourished their souls. Um, I ask that the Holy Spirit rest upon everyone who's in this room and upon their homes, upon all who come and go. Um, anything that is on their heart, Lord, anything that is not of you, um, I ask them to give that to you and, um, uh, and just to draw closer to you in their walk, closer to you in their uh, reading of Scripture, um, surrounding themselves with people and men specifically of faith in a church community where they can go and worship you and grow in their faith. Um, thank you for our time together. We pray for safe travels. Um, we thank you for the opportunity to live on your coast, um, among your beautiful waters and your beautiful landscape, and we appreciate this church that has hosted us today. In your name we pray. Amen.